Hey everyone, Henry here. Today's guest is Sean Flood. He was the CEO and founder of Gotcha. Gotcha is a shared mobility service that combines electric bike, scooter, trike, and ride sharing in one app. They're located in the United States, over 45 locations. You can check them out at ridegotcha.com. Sean started Gotcha when he was at the rock bottom when the real estate market collapsed in 2009. But then he met his future wife two days after starting Gotcha. And two days after that, they moved in together and started this family business uh, offering shared mobility to university campuses, which then grew into the big player in the shared mobility industry. Let's listen to the Sean's story. I started Gotcha back in 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's a 12, you know, almost 12 year old uh, company. And it went through many, many versions of it. We sold once to a private equity firm and merged with another company and it had great success there. And then um, decided through, you know, in partnership with a private equity firm to sell the mobility division and not the media side of it, uh, which we did. So end of last year, we sold that um, to Last Mile Holdings or Ojo that became Last Mile Holdings through uh, through an RTO. And then uh, for, you know, for a multitude of reasons after a few months, there after the merger wasn't the right fit for me personally um as you can imagine hard as a founder to do but but i think unfortunately the right decision at the right time the whole entrepreneurship uh thing of yours has started off with your grandfather yeah yeah that's a great great research so i come from a very entrepreneurial family um you know kind of kind of on both sides so my my dad is born in ireland came over in his early 20s from a very like working farming family here with kind of a lot of a lot of roots but then my mom um who really is the entrepreneur in the family was raised by my grandfather and her her mom and he was the epitome of entrepreneurship before entrepreneurship was even you know a phrase we all we all use and uh unfortunately i never got time to to spend with him because he passed away when i was so young but learning through family stories and and pictures and just all the things he did he was just a a serial entrepreneur and and had some amazing successes and then i think like a lot of us um some very very low lows um but uh, but ended on top you know before he passed away i think he was he was riding the uh, the growth curve again but um but i think i got a lot of my you know entrepreneurship and, and kind of drive was passed down to my mom and then you combine my mom and my dad who they both just had this they still do in their 70s this insane work ethic. You know, the first the first business I remember that they owned was this automotive distribution company. So before like Walmart and Sam's Club were the places to buy your auto parts, you know, it was mom and pop locations all around the country and they were being sold to by a distributor. My mom started this distributor in her garage while she had three kids um literally having semi trucks show up and delivering boxes to our house um my dad joined forces with her and then they grew that business so that was my you know from birth to i don't know i was 8 or 10 and i spent every day in these warehouses and offices watching them grow that company and being the youngest of four boys i had to be at my parents whatever the job was and that was the first one they sold that and they had these romantic ends of owning an Irish pub, you know, my dad being from Ireland, and while it was it, it ended up being very uh very burdensome and and didn't work out well. I spent my high school years bussing tables and doing dishes and and all of that in in that restaurant. So, yeah, I've grown up in all of their businesses along the way. And that didn't stop you from uh, applying for the 
Florida State for entrepreneurship bachelor. It didn't. You know, it's funny. Like, I've got three brothers. We're all, we have a lot of similarities, but we're different a little bit in how we approached kind of post-college. I was hooked on wanting to run my own business. I think, you know, maybe maybe it's genetic, but also just being around my, my parents. And I remember my parents said, you know, great, but they were very big on education. So I needed to have a degree. And then while I wanted an entrepreneurship degree, it was very new at the time. They insisted that I get something else. So I got this, you know, marketing degree and an entrepreneurship degree. Um, so while they were not like hesitant or saying, don't be a business owner, they wanted me to, to have some balance and some options. So probably beneficial. After uni, you had a couple of marketing jobs, but you still kind of went doing your own thing with a uh, whole real estate. That's right. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I took some corporate jobs per, per their request. And I think I learned the ropes on, you know, how to get up every day and go to work and be an employee. You know, I was, I was a sales guy. Uh, so I learned a lot about just that in my, my early twenties. And, um, as the real estate market back, you know, pre 2008, so just 2005 or so, um, it just really was an opening for a, early 20 year old who wanted to get into the business and I was passionate about design and um, you know loved kind of putting deals together at that point so yeah I, I resigned from my full-time job and jumped into real estate development which was probably my first full-time operating a, a, a startup at the time it grew pretty quickly how is it like to flip houses at like 23 because you did quite uh, well yeah. ahead I, I, so I did, I did really well and then really bad. It, it, mm -hmm. Real estate taught me, real estate I think really, it was one of those pivotal moments where it defined who I would be next and, and how I viewed things. And I loved it. It, it. it was great that at a time like that, with the way the markets were, that banks would lend and invest in somebody like me, right? Which on paper they shouldn't have. Um, but it was great because it, it triggered all the parts of my brain that I really enjoyed. I loved visualizing something that was rubbish at the time and seeing what it could be, which I think is kind of what most entrepreneurs do. You, you look at the pile of shit in front of you and you see something that's, that's really fantastic. And it just allowed me to work with so many different people. I was working with contractors and bankers. And um, it was one of those moments where I've always loved communicating. But you get to you get to interact in real estate with the entire gamut of the, the the kind of population, right? You have everybody from different economic levels. You have people from different backgrounds, and all coming together to do one thing, which is flip this house or redevelop this building. And, uh, and it was just definitely one of those moments where I really enjoyed that. I knew I wanted to surround myself with diversity. And, and it was great to kind of to kind of engage and then kind of cut your teeth on on, on that side of it. Um, the reverse is when the market crashed, it was like musical chairs and I was left not only without a chair, but owing tens of millions of dollars to uh, to banks and things. So very quickly I learned what it was like to, to lose everything. And how did you cope? It, it was hard. Yeah, it was hard. I mean, it, it was... You know, I, I talk about it now probably much more lightheartedly than it was. So, you know, it, I was 29, almost almost 30 when, when it was kind of crashing. And what happened was, you know, the, the mid 20s, early 30s, Sean, just didn't see the idea of failure, even as an option, right? It was, there were so many wins and there was so much success and there was so much money and money was my gold standard for success at the time. And 
it was, I just, I couldn't see failing. So when there was failing and it, it wasn't necessarily because of our actions, it was the market. I didn't know how to process that. And since my gold standard for success was money, as money went away, I felt like a failure. I just, everything was wrapped up in that. And, uh, you know, and I often tell people, my parents still to this day are, are such a support mechanism, but they just kept telling me, my, my dad in particular, that things would get better, that you had to just work through it, you had to take the time. And he could never tell me when it would get better, but he was always certain that if you just worked as hard as you could, you woke up every day and, you know, you just grinded through it, something would be better. He was, he was always very, very good at that. Um, but it was a, it was a dark time. I mean, it, it led to me building the next thing, but those 18 months, 24 months when it was collapsing, coming out the other side and looking back, you get to, you get to understand what you did wrong and, and changes you'd make. You get to read the situation a little bit better. So I came out stronger, uh, because of it, but it was hard. Now I view financial success as the long game, right? Is you know, how do you make sure you have a house for your kids and savings and like the things you want to do back then it was short term. Like, what am I winning right now? How much money are you winning off every deal? It was cutthroat. There had to be a winner. There had to be a loser. So that, that was how my late twenties really were. After seeing it crumble, I, um, I was able to look back and say like, well, I've made a lot of mistakes. This didn't just happen because the market collapsed. There are things I could have done differently. I could have maneuvered differently people I could have tried. And then when, when the concept for Gotcha came, right, it was at that lowest moment, it came very opportunistically out of, you know, going to Tallahassee and hanging out with some buddies and, and drinking some beers and talking about, you know, moving people around, you know, not, not getting a DUI and driving, how to get home safely. Um, but as I was coming up with that concept, I was very focused on I had to build this next business differently. And it, it had to start with me viewing it differently. Um, so it was definitely one of those moments where I started to, uh, I guess, maybe grow up or evolve. I guess around that period, that's when you met your wife as well. Yeah. I did, I did. So I met, I met Jacqueline. Um, you know, I, I started the concept pretty quickly of Gotcha, you know, turned it around in a matter of weeks. And um, as part of it, I wanted to get out of Atlanta where the real estate market was closing in. And I moved into um, what, no kidding, was an old massage parlor. Um, like, uh, you know, in Tallahassee, a friend of mine owned the building and said, hey, if you need a place to live, I own this strip center and I'll put a bed and sofa in this like room for you. And I was like, great, I'll take it. I show up and it literally was like tinted windows, old massage parlor. And I... I moved in there because I needed a place to live to start Gotcha. And on the second or third night of running it, met met Jacqueline through a through a mutual connection, a friend of ours. And she'd probably tell a different story today of her her thought about me. But you know, within days we started dating and have been together, you know, ever since. And and now we're married with three kids and living in Ireland. So I guess I guess it worked. You also were bringing up Gotcha together with her as well, yeah? Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's also, I, I credit her a lot. Um, she probably doesn't want the credit ever with how the company grew up because, again, it, you do have to a lot of times look at how a company started and it's where the founder was or founders were mentally. And, you know, at the time, I was at the very bottom of, of everything emotionally and physically and financially. I met 
this girl who luckily didn't care about any of that. So like really, you know, cut through and, and cared about me. And I was telling her about this company I'm starting, you know, using electric vehicles and giving college students free rides. And I was going to put ads on the side of them. And she's like, sure, I guess, I guess that sounds, sounds like a business. And, you know, and luckily I think she believed in me enough and liked to spend time together that for those first five years, I mean, Gotcha was literally Sean and Jacqueline. I mean, every university and advertiser, that's, that's who they knew. And it was a pretty, pretty phenomenal time in the business cycle, but also personally to, uh, to kind of go from that low to, to really grow in this business to, you know, together. A friend of yours, she was a co-founder, but also like the, an investor kind of, but mostly it was you then and your, your wife. Yeah. Yeah. Drew, Drew, who's still one of my best friends today. He, um, you know, again, it's another lesson I've learned about, you know, people who truly believe in you and care about you, Drew has been friends since college, uh, had actually invested himself and his family in our real estate business and lost a lot of money when we lost a lot of money. And then when I had the idea for Gotcha, he believed in it and me so much that he turned around even in spite of losing, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars months before, believed in the idea. And I think him and I had this vision of him leaving his corporate job and coming to, to work in the company every day. It didn't make financial sense for him as we grew the business, but he was right there lockstep in, in those early years of, of all those very difficult. Um, gotcha was a very different company. Mobility wasn't an industry. So like it was him, him Jacqueline and myself just kind of trudging through this concept, trying to not lose all of our money. He was the one who came up with the name of Gotcha, yeah? It was him, him, and then, there, so there's a group of us. There's a guy named Stephen Donahue, who is a good buddy of ours still to this day. And the story we all remember, and who knows if this is factual or not, um, but there was a bar in Atlanta. Um, we wanted to have it be an acronym. So, and we wanted it to be sustainable. That was all we knew, is it had to be green and it had to be an acronym. I was, I was big on acronyms. And we started just writing words down on napkins and there was probably somewhere between two and 15 beers at the time, you know, who, who, this is where the story goes a little sideways, but Steven put together all the words for what would make up gotcha and kind of had one of those aha moments where he put together green operated transit, carrying humanity around and that became gotcha. Yeah, it's been going great until the, the Chinese bikes arrived here. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we, I grew it as a rideshare company for, I don't know, five or six years. Very small. We had eight or nine universities. We're like the partner mentality through and through. Um, decided to launch Bike Share. The same idea. We were going to brand the bikes just for the university. The university would pay for them. We launched three or four systems there. And, um, and it was going great. That was around the time that we did this deal with, uh, with our private equity firm in Atlanta, which... Uh, put together their media company and our mobility company. And I'll tell you that the timing of it was great. It was very, a lot of other people raised money through venture capital, but that was right the time that all the Chinese dockless bikes showed up. Um, so you had the, the Chinese bikes that arrived and then you had Lime, you know, a U.S. company decide to kind of use that model and, and grow and scale. So while it was only what, four years ago, it seems like an eternity. But that's really where this space went from this niche transportation thing to full 
mobility. And it happened like, happened like that. There was a certain part about three years ago where we started to hire some pretty cool um, team members who really cared about the brand. We built out a marketing department and that's really where it got its own life because then what they were doing, I thought really well is telling our origin story and really marketing it, you know, still organically, but correctly. Like it, it always felt very natural um, as, as a brand and the evolution was great. So the team we hired at the time, I think did a phenomenal job kind of growing on, on what we already had built. So. After some time you were acquired by the, yeah, the OG Electric, which is like the last mile holding as well for 12 mil. What happened after that? Yeah, so you know, I think, again, time will tell if it was the right deal to, to be had. I think at the time it was, it was the right one for our current investors and it was the right one for Ojo. And I think for the team we had at Gotcha. Um, I, think, I think a lot of people go through this transition post having an acquisition, right? Is Gotcha was the baby that I helped birth. And you know, you, you want it to be something, if you're gonna stick around with it, and, and I'll say this, right? I made a lot of bad decisions and there's a lot of things I would have changed over time than any founder, right? You know, you did everything. Um, so, so by no means was it perfect, but I think that when you get to a certain point, you have a lot of responsibility to your partners, universities and cities and vendors and, and suppliers, and then to the people. And I think there gets to a certain point, at least for me and other founders I've talked to, where if you don't feel like you're in that driver's seat where you can deliver on that, it's different than being able to say it, but you, you don't really have the control to deliver on it and you don't kind of believe that you could, that to me is the time where you can't affect enough change anymore, good or bad, and it's probably time to get off the carousel. So look, I, I, had, I could have probably mentally run gotcha for decades it's it's the brand that i believe in the most and and i'm still so passionate about it but i think that was the moment you know a few months after the uh the acquisition where i just had that feeling personally and i think you got to listen to your gut like like anything in entrepreneurship and that was that was the time that i had to check out and where life took you after that <laughs> yeah well you know there's it's an interesting time all around it was very similar to how it was back in uh in 2008 2009 as you kind of take the opportunity of what's around you to maybe rebalance and rethink a little bit for me it was covid hits and um and ironically covid for shared mobility at least for gotcha was not a bad thing you know when i was still at gotcha um january february march um and april were like our best months so we were seeing massive growth even going into june where ridership was high so business-wise was great and at the same time i was now home all the time uh, like a lot of founders i traveled i think the year the year before i traveled 220 days um that year so i was gone a lot and um and then that was probably the case for the past three or four years so all of a sudden i found myself uh, at home being able to work still being productive and more importantly i had to spend a ton of time with my family who i hadn't been around for the past few years and my wife who i had grown the business with i was now home with every day so i think as i made that decision to to leave gotcha in a place that i thought you know somebody else could could manage it um we made a few life-changing decisions one we we decided that we we'd buy a house in ireland and still allow me to travel back and forth to the u.s I kept an office in, in Atlanta and in LA so that I could spend time back in, in the US. 
And now um, th there'll be a lot more that, that comes out about it. I've started uh, a small fund focused on entrepreneurs and not just their capital needs, but their, you know, the, the other needs that, that an entrepreneur needs. If that's, you know, somebody to talk to, introductions, you know, business development, all the things that 30-year-old Sean or even 25-year-old Sean would have, would have really been appreciative of and maybe not listened to as much. Um, that's that's the focus of of our new funds, but I'm excited for for that to to finally get back into the entrepreneur ecosystem, and and I think that will drive what my next kind of day to day um, job is. I guess if you if you say yeah. throughout these years of your entrepreneurship as well, how was your work balance, work life balance? Is? I uh, so I've never I've never been great at it. Um, but I've also, you know, a bunch of people are quoted. I think Jeff Bezos does a great job of saying, you, you know, you can't balance. There, there really is no such thing. It's, it's really deciding what your normal is and what kind of works for you. So I, I've now put a lot of focus on my family. I'm, I'm a morning person for sure. So living over here, it's actually been nice because my U.S. partners and, and companies I'm working with are five hours in the past uh, from the East Coast. And so I've always carved out the mornings now to spend with, uh, with my family. So I've loved that. And then um, I've also always worked very late at night. So um, now it just involves, you know, much later nights here in order to interact with, um, with non-European countries. So, yeah, I, I think you'd, you'd ask my wife, there's really no balance. There's no, there's no where my professional life ends and my personal life begins. It's, it's probably never going to be the case. I've also got three kids, two of whom are very active. My, my daughter's only one, but I, she's, she's already looking like an active human. So I've, the three of them are going to keep me busy. And, and I've always kind of told myself I want to be active and healthy enough uh, to really be able to enjoy the time with them. So uh, it, it's great. It, it's also one of the things that that little 10, 15, 20 minutes or an hour and a half, whatever you have, I always find that I feel significantly better right it's i've i don't i very often say i don't ever i don't like to say i feel stressed I, i think people throw that word around a lot but whatever that is whatever you want to call it a little bit of exercise just seems to free that up and 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 keep you going so yeah make it a big priority seeing from the stuff from the internet you tend to say like like uh the whole entrepreneurship is like quite a lonely job so did your wife help a lot with it then Yeah, look, I, I think still to this day, an entrepreneur is a, is a lonely gig. I think if you're in that CEO or executive role, especially of a startup, and I don't care if you're the biggest startup, I think it's always going to be lonely because you have to make a lot of decisions. And, and a lot of decisions you make, it's when nobody's around. And you know, I was always lucky to have these great successes where you get to get celebrated. But that is such a small amount of it, even for very successful companies, the being kicked in the face and the stomach on a daily basis, those highs and lows, I just don't think everybody's built for it. And that's, that's fine. But that emotional toll, if you don't have somebody else and that, if that's a husband, a wife, a partner, friends, like any ecosystem, I don't know how you could do it. I don't know how you'd survive it. So For me, it was my wife first and foremost. Um, my friends often said that if you had to pick like, you know, family, exercise, friends, work, so on and so forth, if you could only pick 
three of them. My, my wife would always joke like, well, you pick work twice and then it only leaves room for one more. So if it was if that one person, right? My wife, my kids, my family, if, you, if I didn't have that, I, I'd probably explode, spontaneously combust. Yeah, and you also have another really nice thing with your wife is the, the whole matching tattoos thing, yeah? Well, yeah, yeah, we've got, we've got a few kids. We've got, uh, you, you know, all the good, all the secrets. I, uh, yeah, we've, we've got, we've got a few tattoos. We started, uh, we started getting them along the way. We've got two that are, two that are matching uh, our versions of each other now. And uh, we rumor when COVID goes away and it's safe that we're, we're itching for another one. So stay, stay tuned. We'll see. We'll see if it's a match or not. What's like a movie you would recommend to watch? Gosh, I um, love movies. I, uh, growing up, I thought I was going to be an actor. So I, I probably spent my, my childhood in front of movie screens. And, and now it's probably my favorite escape. Um, Goodfellas is probably my favorite movie of, of all time. Still, still kind of a classic. And um, gosh, you know, recently I, I've, I've been short of like, phenomenal work recently just because i think they haven't been creating as much kind of new new features um so i'll stay tuned on on new content that comes out that i'm i'm wild by but goodfellas could come on right now and i'd have to end this interview to go to go watch it it's... sounds great uh and i think on, on, on the last question then what would you recommend to all those youngsters or whatever the age to become who wants to become an entrepreneur I think you, you've got to love what you're doing. Like if anybody, again, it goes back to not that money's not important, but if you don't enjoy the idea and the, the work of it, but you're just doing it because you think this is the means. While I think some people might be successful of it, that's a hard path because entrepreneurship's hard. Starting a business is hard. Uh, growing it and staying in it and not giving up is hard slash impossible. So I think you've got to love it. And then I just think people have to be honest with themselves. Like, is it something I'm passionate about and do I really want to do it? Or am I starting a business as an escape from something else? And, and I, 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 know I never want to discourage somebody from doing it, but I do think your intentions should be true because it, it is wildly hard and uh, and by design right it's it's not easy to create anything whether that's a business or art i think artists would probably say the same thing it's you know anybody i could get up there and try to paint a picture and that is not <laughs> that's not the creation of art the hard work is what people have done for years and decades so i think you gotta just you gotta know that going into it thanks for tuning in and don't forget to like comment follow and share more content coming stay safe then we out